Welcome to this week's Film Rule, where we talk about the latest and greatest films in the cinema. I'm joined by Carla Field. How are you today? Tired. Not going to lie, I'm knackered. <laughs> so am I. Um, so, Carla, what film are you going to be talking to us about today? Uh, well, I said last week that I was going to be talking about another scary film, but I am talking about the scary film today. The one. The one you have to watch, and that is the 1999 The Blair Witch Project. Ooh. <laughs> what about you today? Uh, I'm going to be talking about one of the newest films out on DVD at the moment. Guardians of the Galaxy was very big uh, at the cinema if you didn't go check it out. So we're going to be talking about that today. And I mean, if you don't know what Guardians of the Galaxy is, just walk into media because Mr. Manning has this massive, great cinema poster up on the wall. So if you just sort of pop your head around the door, you're going to see it. You can't miss it. I really want that. But anyway, <laughs> Carla. Right, yes, The Blair Witch Project. Now, it came out, as I said, in 1999, uh, in July. It's a scary film. It's a horror. And it is considered the cult classic. It is the one that started the whole um, handheld camera, look what's happening to me kind of films. So that's that's what started it all off. So if you like something like Paranormal Activity... You will love this film because this is the one. This is it. There's, it doesn't get any better than this, does it? But um, it's about three film students um, who uh, are played by Heather Don Donahue, uh, Joshua Leonard, who's also been in the recent If I Stay film from Gail Foreman's book, um, and Michael C. Williams. And they actually play themselves. They don't have character names in the film, which is the first sort of quirky thing about this film that a lot of people find quite interesting. Um, yeah, they so they play themselves, and they are film students, and they go looking for this, uh, this fake legend called the Blair Witch. Now, the Blair Witch is supposedly um, this evil presence in these woods that take children which is a really scary start for a film yeah. in itself but yeah these students are going to make a documentary about it for their like their sort of university like project because they are you know film students so they go and interview a few people at the beginning of the film and it's not scary at all it's, it's almost like what's the point of this and then they actually decide to go to the woods and now when they go to the woods a lot of scary stuff starts happening and one of their friends Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you that, actually, because I might give some stuff away. Yeah, no, we don't want any spoilers. Give it, no, we don't want any spoilers. You're going to have to go watch it yourselves. Um, it is a uh, 15, so obviously if you're not old enough, you can't watch it unless you maybe have parents' permission or something. So I'm putting that out there. I'm not telling you to go and watch a scary film if you are not old enough, okay? But um, it's brilliant. It is great. It Actually, there's so many amazing little facts about this film. It was incredibly low budget because they weren't sure if it was going to do very well. Um, the three actors, or an act, well, two actors and actress, um, filmed it themselves. None of them had used cameras before, so that's why all the in it, all the video is like wobbly and grainy. And they actually left that in because they thought it added to the effects and things. And it, it does; it's great. But um, one of the most, well, two of the greatest things I th I find about this film is that the film actually only took eight days to film. Eight days. Really? That's it. Eight days. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's amazing that they managed to do that. It actually took three months to edit, so it took longer to edit the film than to actually film the film, which is quite interesting. But um, as well as that, all the lines, every one of them that they speak, 
is completely and utterly improvised. There was no script for this film. The, the director, uh, Daniel Myrick, handed them like an outline to what was going to happen and went, there you go, off you go, do your stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely amazing the way they managed this, but it's just a really, really good film. Um, they had a fab marketing scheme as well, which you probably hear loads about if you do media studies. But um, yeah, it's fab. You have to go and watch it. I think it's got, yeah, it's got a 6.4 in IMBD. So it's not the highest ratings in the world, but it should be higher. I'm telling you now, it should be higher. So I I definitely recommend this film if you like scary films, because it is great. Now, if you've been in the media uh, centre recently, you have probably seen the massive Guardians of the Galaxy poster, which just looks amazing, and I really want it. So, Mr Manning, if you're listening, can I have <laughs> that, please? Um, it's directed by James Gunn and stars Chris Pat, Zoe Solander, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> um, and to cut it short without spoiling anything, the story revolves around five heroes who are joined together by accident to try and save the world. And they're not your average heroes. And as I quote Chris Pratt, they're losers. They're, they're not your average heroes. And that's the strongest point about this film. This is a really bold take for Marvel as they have spent 170 million on this film. That is a lot Which of is money. a lot of money. Uh, for a film which a lot of Marvel fans probably haven't even heard about because at this moment we've just had the cinematic universe leading up to the Avengers. This was a really bold choice and it's paid off. They have made already a domestic total of 329 million US dollars. Which is a lot of money. Um... <laughs> And it's still grossing, and I think it's because of this difference that this has from all the other uh, Marvel films out there at the moment. For starters, it's got 8.5 on IMBD, which is really good. That's pretty good for a superhero film. Most superhero films will probably revolve around the, like, 6 to 8. This got 8.5, so it's very high up there. And what makes this film very strong is its acting there's uh, just a great comedic tone to this mm -hmm. entire thing it, there's always been comedy in marvel films but there's never really been a standout comedy film if we don't count howard the duck but that doesn't really count howard the duck howard the duck yeah um if you've got time <laughs> definitely look up howard the duck and also watch to the end of this film and you'll be pleasantly surprised um so as i was saying yeah it's very very funny and chris pratt does an amazing job as the main character who is star lord but even though Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel aren't actually in the film themselves, they voice Rocket Raccoon and Groot, two iconic characters in cinema this year who you will just fall in love with. They are amazing. You should definitely um, just try and buy as many plushies as you can because they're <laughs> everywhere. Um, so yeah, James Gunn has done a really good take on a comic and also adapted it into a Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I definitely think will come together with the Avengers at some point. Uh, as I was saying, the special effects in this film are beautiful. This is the best looking Marvel film I've ever seen. And, you know, the Avengers, the New York scene was incredible. That's one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. This whole film just looks brilliant and he has such a good interpretation of space. It's on par with what Star Wars was like, you know, years back. And this is what space should look like now. And even though it's not as realistic as um, maybe Interstellar is, this mm. is a, uh, you know, this is a sci-fi film for a fantasy world. We're not going out into this space. We're in a different universe. And there are all these exciting planets and lovely things to look at. All these weird-looking, disgusting creatures. Talking which raccoons. Just, <laughs> talking raccoons and a massive tree who can only say uh, three things. It's can he only say three things? Yeah, he says, I'm Groot. <laughs> that's it um, which is you know and the best thing is Vin Diesel has to do that in so many different languages um, you know the problem is though 
there isn't a sequel yet. Uh, that's the <laughs> only problem I have with this film. Honestly, uh, I can't see how this isn't at least a nine. And the soundtrack is something you just seriously need to go and buy. You know, there's a lot of um, movies out there these days which just put in terrible, cheesy music, which <laughs> is just what's in the charts. You know, they don't they don't have a way of creating music to go with the film. This film, uh, James Gunn has definitely picked a soundtrack which is perfect for this idea of like what time piece this is <laughs> because even though it is technically you think it's in the future it's not it's actually technically in the past at this point um so you mind blown it, your <laughs> mind has now been physically blown so definitely <laughs> seriously go check this out if you're not a fan of marvel films i guarantee you this may be the film that will swing you because it has nothing to do with all the other films yet this is a pretty much its own independent separate film from the marvel cinematic universe if you enjoy Marvel films, you know, you're getting what you've seen already. If you've seen Captain America, if you've seen Iron Man, if you've seen The Incredible Hulk, any of the Marvel films, you are going to love Guardians of the Galaxy. And, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And Mr. Manning, yeah, please, poster. Thank you very much. Welcome to this week's Film Real Hot Seat with me, Jacob Lowry, and Carla Field. Are you okay, Carla? I am good, thank you, Jacob. And this week we will have our first guest, the one, the only, Mr. Ansis, our headmaster of Feltham Community College. Mr. Ansis, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thank you uh, very much. I'm delighted to be here, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Are you ready to begin? I am ready to begin. Fire away. Okay, our first question is, what is your favourite film genre? Okay, um, I would say for me that isn't particularly easy to answer. I don't think that my favourite films necessarily fall into one particular category. I like a diverse range of different films. That said, I would say that if there was one genre that um, I'm probably more interested in than others, it is um, science fiction movies. I quite like sci-fi movies because I like the element of escapism and I think that can be you know something which comes across in sci-fi movies as a way of you know relaxing and of entertainment and so on so probably uh, sci-fi movies I would say crime movies I would also say is that is, is another thing um, and then bizarrely um, cowboy films okay. <laughs> um, westerns I've also there's a few of those that I think are, are great fantastic um, so even though you have quite a wide range of genre and what you like, yes, do you think you could narrow down your favourite film in a particular genre? Okay, yes, I can do. How long have we got? I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about head teachers; they can talk. They can talk for hours. Okay, my favourite film in the sci-fi genre, I would probably say, is um, the nineteen eighty-two film Blade Runner. Okay, directed by Ridley Scott, not the director's cut, which I went on think went on for too long. Just the original movie. When I saw that, uh, uh, um, when I was probably about your age, um, it blew me away. I thought it was a fantastic film, and uh, as a, as an idea of what the future is going to be like. And what really struck me was about how realistic it was. I think I'd been growing up on on sci-fi movies that everything was very clean and clinical, and of course, in reality, that's not going to be the way the future is. And I thought the realism of Blade Runner and the uh, Sean Young, who plays uh, the robot woman and um, Ruger Hauer and obviously Harrison Ford, I just thought it, it was great, that particular film. So that's, you know, where I'd say it was great. Also, um, Alien, the, the first film, yeah. not, not the spin-offs. I thought the spin-offs were rubbish. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the original with Sigourney Weaver, 79, absolutely 
great film. And the same sort of thing. I like the grubbiness of the spaceship. Yeah. I thought that was really, um, you know, re really realistic. And but but then sort of moving on, I don't know whether or not um, uh, you know uh, those um, superhero films really count in the same sort of way. But I I, I do think the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, was great. I really yes. liked those, uh, and particularly the last one, Dark Knight Rises. Um, um, I thought was great. Great films. These are your favourite films, aren't they, Jake? Yeah, they're very <laughs> good. Um, so even though we've talked about Harrison Ford, who we can all easily say is an incredible actor, yeah, we would like to know who your favourite actor or actress is. Okay. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I I don't necessarily w would say that there are anyone I'm particularly drawn to to go and watch their types. Of film, um, uh, um, but certainly, yeah, some of the stuff by Harrison Ford, although not not too much, I'd say. Um, there's an actor called Jean Reno who was uh, in films by uh, Luc Besson, who's a who's a French director. He did some great movies, um, Big Blue, Nikita, Angel A, Leon, and stuff like that. They're they're really good. Those sort of films I really uh, enjoyed as well, um, and they're quite like Daniel Craig. I think he's great in the James Bond stuff. Steve McQueen, yeah, mm -hmm. cowboy uh, stuff and, and those sort of westerns. In terms of female uh, uh, you know, actresses, um, Helen Mirren, Julia Roberts, I think fantastic. Judy Dench, I think, is also great in the James Bond stuff. Anne Hathaway in... The Anne Hathaway's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen Interstellar? Yes. Not yet. It is amazing. <laughs> is it? It is fantastic. Would I be able to understand it? <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> that's a problem some people are finding. Uh, it is quite easy to understand because um, there is a very easy explanation at the end which kind of wraps it up in a little bow tie yeah. and makes everything quite understandable but it's brilliant and if you have the chance definitely to go see an IMAX yeah. in the cine world yeah. new IMAX theatre is brilliant and that's the best way to see Interstellar no that's cool that's cool so anyway yeah Anne Hathaway was, is in that isn't she and she was also the um, the uh, the, the, the Dark Queen or the White Queen in the... In Alice the, in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. She was brilliant. Which I thought she was really good in that as, as mm. well. She was the uh, White Queen, wasn't she? The, the nice, queen. pretty one with all the, the sweet innocence. But a bit of a dark side yeah, still, I feel. Definitely. Yeah, but so no, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, I'd say, in terms of actors and actresses. Fantastic. And our last question for you today is that you are on an island <laughs> and you can only take three films with you. What films would these be and why? Oh, okay. Um, hard question. Yeah, hard question. But I'm probably okay. My my all time favourite film, um, which I which I would definitely take is The Magnificent Seven, okay, which is a 1960s <laughs> western directed by John uh, Sergis and famous uh, uh, the musical score by, by Bernstein, fantastic and just you know you can underestimate uh, sort of films like westerns, but I think the way it's done is uh, is almost sort of um, I don't know, I think it's really considered and clever the way the scenes change and the use of music and the use of characters. And to me, it's almost like watching a ballet, the way it flows. I've seen it loads of times. It's got some great lines in it. And although it is inevitably sort of cliched and a bit cheesy, mm -hmm. I do think it's an absolutely fantastic movie, The Magnificent Seven. Okay, so that'd be number one. I've seen that loads of time. Uh, there's a film called Nikita. Uh, French subtitled film, which uh, is is brilliant. I really like that movie. Sort of a, a sort of a, a crime adventure movie. It was remade by Hollywood uh, in America. A terrible remake. <laughs> that always but, seems to be the case sometimes with Hollywood films. Com yeah, completely. Uh, and the, but it was quite popular the remake. But the but the original that was done was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I was proper into sort of uh, French subtitled films 
when I was at university, we, you know, we were watching you know, Diva uh, and some of the other mo movies that I've mentioned. So Nikita is, is great and a really strong female character lead in that, which you don't always get in, 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 in films. So that would be my number two. Number three, don't know, um, uh, the Dark Knight stuff, Blade Runner, <laughs> perhaps I would say would be there uh, as well as number three or something left field and amusing if I was on a desert island to try and keep my spirits up. <laughs> That's fantastic. Miss Santos, thank you very much for joining us this week on Hot Seat. You've done very well. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you <laughs> ever so research? much. Did you research? Yeah, I've tried to do a little bit of research. Tried to do a little bit of research. But, but they, they are, the, yeah, they are the, the, the films that have most uh, inspired me, I suppose, over the years. So thank you very much. And good luck with the, with the venture. And I uh, hope it you know, continues to go from strength to strength. Well thank done. you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening again to Film Rule, where we talk about the latest and greatest films in history. Carla, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, what are you going to be talking to us about next week? Um, well, I'm moving away from the horror films because I think maybe you've had enough of those. Because I think if I maybe if I give you one more horror film, you might all retreat and hide. But so I'm going completely the opposite. I am doing the film Stardust, which is based on an amazing book by an author called Neil Gaiman. And it came out in 2007, so it's it's, it's not old, but it's fairly, you know, gone. <laughs> quick quick question. Is that the one where Robert De Niro does a dance? A really weird dance, and he's really... Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah. checking if that was Robert De Niro. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm going to stick with the sci-fi again, and I'm going to be talking about one of the biggest films in cinema right now, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Which <laughs> is going to be quite difficult to talk about without spoiling anything, but it's a film we should definitely talk about because it's very big at the moment. So, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next week. You can follow us at FM on Twitter, go to our website, fellfromfm.com, or go to iTunes, go to the App Store, and go to FM and subscribe to our iTunes podcast where we will upload weekly. Thank you very much, and we'll if see you next week. you're having difficulty finding us on iTunes or anything like that, if you go to our Twitter page, FM, we have a couple of past tweets with direct links to each one of the podcasts, be it ours, the Film Rail, or What's New, which is the news, or Music Mania, which is about all the music at the moment, or anything, there are direct links to each one of those to iTunes. So if you're having trouble, just just look us up on Twitter and you'll find them nice and easy. Thank you to our Lord and Saviour, Mr Manning, who <laughs> tweets these things so we understand where to find definitely yep. <laughs> where to go. Uh, thanks very much for listening again, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.